Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. On third and three, they protect Brady. Scans the field and lets it fly. It's Evans. It's a touchdown. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me. Returning from the IR this week, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself from BucksNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. It is our week one game preview show. Football is finally back. We got to watch the Super Bowl 56 champions open up and get the brakes beat off them at home last night on national television, which officially means football is back. The Buccaneers square off against the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday night on NBC. Should be a great game. Evan, how you doing, my friend? Doing well. Um, obviously, the first game preview of the regular season of 2022. Hard to believe we're already here um, after a long-awaited and really crazy offseason. Finally here and finally going to get some some answers to to some questions that, you know, not only we have, but a lot of people have. And, um, you know, it's not just about the Bucks; It's about some of the Bucks' opponents as well So that they have coming up. And uh, it's... You know, last night, even though the game wasn't as good, just the feeling that football is back is still a really good one. Even with you know college football last week, like it's still really good feeling that uh, football is back. So really looking forward to this weekend. It was such a funny game, too, because going into it, I had picked the Bills. Uh, a lot of people were picking the Rams, at least the I, analysts on TV. But I know a I lot of the Rams. I know a lot of people personally who picked the Bills, and I think more people picked the Bills to win that one. But. I like the Bills and I like the over for last night. And unfortunately, the Rams couldn't muster up more than 10 points during the game. I think the over underline was 51 points and it was only 41. So I picked the Bills, but I also picked the over. So kind of broke even on that bit. But um, I mean, it is what it is, man. Football is back. And when I can when I can let out my inner degenerate every weekend and bet on games, I don't like betting on baseball. I don't like betting on other stuff like that. But if you guys do like betting on football season, it's the perfect time to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by your friends over at betonline.ag. Coming up on the third year in a row. It's hard to believe we've been on the podcast network this long, but uh, incredibly grateful to launch a great 2022 season of coverage. We had Sean King on our show earlier this week. He's going to be a permanent guest throughout the uh, rest of this season. Just really excited for things to be back and rolling. But we have a little bit of a controversy to address. I, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's not a big um, deal. I don't want people to get worked up. Depending on who you ask. It is not a big deal. All right. But you folks may have noticed we are two shows into the month of September and the calendar page behind me has been turned uh, a bit er unceremoniously, if you will. I did it right before the podcast with Sean King, but our player of the month for September is Devin White. Evan, give me a bold prediction for Devin White this season since we're talking about him. I got mine, but I'm waiting to hear yours. Okay. I'll say that he has a career high in sacks. I'll say he has – I'll say he, he gets 10 sacks. How about that? That's a bold prediction. Double-digit sacks for, from a linebacker, not a defensive lineman, from, from a linebacker who's an inside linebacker. They're going to be blitzing a lot. So I'll say Devin White gets double-digit sacks this season. Well, a bolder prediction than mine, because mine was in the same exact vein. Uh, I had him getting above or at eight sacks this year. You maybe not bold. quite. I'm trying maybe, to be bold. Uh, yeah, I know. You're just a little bit more bold than I am this week. <laughs> maybe not quite double digits, but I would like to see him get after the quarterback a little bit better this year because that has been one of his strengths since entering the league and playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He, but he had about he had about four sacks last year that he just missed because he goes so quick. Yeah. Like, 
he's almost too fast for his own good. Um, yeah, no he, kidding, like, man. He zooms by and he just the quarterback makes one move and he's going by so fast he can't recover. So hopefully he's able to to clean that up. Um, and bold predictions, yeah, ninety five percent of the time they're not going to be right. That's why they're bold predictions. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the game preview here. As I had mentioned at the top of the podcast, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys taking each other on Sunday night football, a primetime nationally televised game for the Buccaneers to open up the regular season, just like last year, except that was on Thursday night football. Now this is on Sunday night football. We got a glimpse of this Sunday night football broadcast crew actually on Thursday night. What do you make of it, man? The announced team of Mike Tirico and uh, Chris Collinsworth. I'm one of those people who can tune out Chris Collinsworth, but... I wasn't too crazy about the job that uh, that Mike had done in the booth. I I, I couldn't really get behind it like I could uh, in Al Michaels, per se. Well, to be fair to Mike Tirico, Al Michaels is one of the most iconic broadcasters, I think, of all time. I mean, he, he has one of the most iconic lines of all time with the 1980 U.S. men's hockey. Um, so, like, it's not easy to replace, um, especially when you're used to a certain someone, you know, calling those Sunday night games for so long. It's a, it's a tough transition, but I, I like Mike Tirico with ESPN and I thought, you know, he did a fine job last night and, um, you know, he's, hasn't really been doing this full time, like since he got to NBC. So I think they're working out the kinks. Yeah. Collinsworth gets on my nerves a lot though. Uh, now here's I, 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 can't, I can't tune him out. Well, well, Mike Tirico. The biggest thing, the biggest thing for me was last year when the Bucks were playing the Patriots, and uh, you would have thought Mac Jones was the second coming of Jesus. I, I mean, I had never. I mean, even his incompletions. Uh, Chris Collinsworth swore that he was playing the best football game he'd ever seen in his life. I, I just, I, you know, and, and Mac Jones threw for like two hundred yards. It was, I, yeah, that that's the one that frustrated me the most. Normally, Collins like announcers don't get on my nerves as much, um, but Collinsworth that night was, I was like, stop. Well, Mike Tirico, here's a guy. Uh, who actually had a little bit of rotation on the Sunday night football lineup last year. He was kind of swapping weeks without Michaels. I think he ended up doing more games than Michaels did throughout the year as they kind of Michaels was doing the West Coast games. Right. And it, it almost felt like they were phasing him out to a degree. And ultimately, we see what happens. But uh, not a lot of people think that stuff is interesting. But I've always thought that, you know, the new broadcast lineups and there's a lot of new ones this year. Uh, it's certainly going to be something to get used to. Thursday night football on Amazon. We're going to get our first look at that next week. Ugh, I, ugh, I'm I'm not looking forward to that. Um, I, just, I hate how everybody believed that that football is real. <laughs> hey, that's just that's just good. That's just good marketing, to be honest with you. Yeah, like that. That's an yeah. ad campaign done well. If somebody can watch those videos and actually question for longer than ten seconds if it was real. Because like, like, oh my god, is that the football they're using? I'm like, no. <laughs> is that the really the football they're going to be using on Thursday night football? It reminded me of those old like the fantasy files, the draft me, mm. you know, where a guy would basically just hit the cross right from 110 yards away on the other field or whatever stuff like that is always good fun. But glad to see it has a place in football here in 2022 and uh, should be an interesting season as these broadcast teams get started. But let's talk before, about the game. Before we get going, $2 okay, super all right, chat. All right. $2 super chat from uh, James Hill, uh, Mr. <laughs> Bucks Nation. Uh, thank you, James, kicking us off tonight. Um, so, yeah, we do have a football game to talk about, though. We we finally have a football game that actually means something now. So they, they, they count for real now. Oh, yeah. Should be exciting. No division action until week two. But this is still a pretty tough test for Tampa Bay. When you look at these two teams, tail of the tape says that the Buccaneers have a better roster on paper, given that everyone is coming into this mostly healthy. We'll talk about Chris Godwin here shortly. But what do you make of this? At surface level, when you come into this one, what are some major bullet points that stick out to you, both for Dallas and both for Tampa Bay? Because I know that a lot of people can look at Tampa Bay and assume they have the better roster. So this is just going to be a win. But I also feel like Dallas put together a team this year that's going to be a little more competitive than people think they will be. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Dallas's offseason. Uh, that said, that you know, they still have a lot of talent. Uh, Top-tier talent with like Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. I know Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been the same player, but C.D. Lamb's a good player, Dalton Schultz as well. And then, of course, they have um, 
on the defensive side, they have a lot of high-end young talent with Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, and then also Demarcus Lawrence there. So th- there's there's a lot of talent on this Dallas team. Despite them losing some pieces in the offseason, there's a lot of talent on this team still. So the Bucks can't overlook them. Uh, the one thing I will look at is in 2021, I think it's good to look at the past matchup. But it's also when you look at the past matchup, you also have to remember this is a year ago, right? In a full year. So I believe it was actually the game was actually a year ago today. I believe it was September 9th uh, was the the first game. So it's a year ago today as we're recording this. And Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and Chris Godwin in that game combined for 316 yards, four touchdowns. Two of those three aren't even on the roster anymore. And one of them might not even play. So that's a lot of production. That is a ton of production that the Buccaneers may be losing. Now, the other thing about the Cowboys, Amari Cooper in that game had 13 receptions for 134 yards, or sorry, 139 yards and two touchdowns. Yet again, he is no longer on the Dallas Cowboys. That's a lot of production that they're missing. So these two teams are really going to be different than they were last year. And I wouldn't expect a carbon copy of last year's game. It might be similar in some ways because they didn't have that much roster turnover. But I do think you're going to see two different versions of, of these teams. It's not going to be uh, the same teams that you saw. I think obviously Dallas's rookies uh, with Micah Parsons got better as the year went on, uh, you know, than, than week one last year. Um, if the, if the Bucks sort of stopped the, their sloppiness that they had in week one uh, last year. They got better as the year went on for that. And, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting because, like I said, I, I think both of these teams are different. You made a good point on paper. You know, the Bucks are the better team, but that doesn't always mean a win. Uh, it doesn't always, it definitely doesn't mean an easy win, especially when you're going on the road as well. Uh, that's going to be, I know Dallas isn't like a huge home field advantage. Like it's not like a very difficult place to play, like a Seattle or New Orleans or anything. But you know, going on the road at, at any point is, is tough, especially when I do think the Cowboys have taken a step back. I don't think they're the best team in the NFC East. I think that's the Eagles. However, I, that doesn't mean the Dallas Cowboys are a bad team. I still think the Dallas Cowboys are a good team and to beat a good team on the road, it's not easy. Yeah. And you spoke to the sloppiness of week one football. And I wanted to talk about that very quickly because that's not only something that the Bucks are going to have to work through, but every team in the NFL this week, I mean, Thursday night football, we just watched the Super Bowl champions and the Buffalo Bills who were both poised to be two of the better teams in the league. Man, I'll tell you what, if the Rams played like that back in January, the Bucs would have ended up hoisting the Lombardi despite the injuries that they already had. The Rams look terrible, but it's also week one football. I mean, it was what, four total turnovers in the first half? Three of them were for Buffalo, who I thought was going to hand the game away for a very long time until they turned it on in the second half. But I almost think an advisory here is necessary because I, I, I want to go into this game and You know, it's easy to say, like, yeah, this team is going to want to eliminate mistakes this week. And you can say that every week of the season. But this week in particular, it feels like we still might see some. Yeah, you might. Um, And, you know, also you're talking about hate to be a dead horse, but the quarterback goes away for 11 days. You know, it's missing some chemistry potentially. Um, Guy like Russell Gage hasn't practiced a bunch. Julio Jones been in and out of practice. We don't know if Chris Godwin's going to play. Uh, so, yeah, it definitely could uh, potentially be a little sloppy, and that's to be expected. So in 2021, though, the Bucks won by two. They won that game 31 to 29. Should have been a lot. The Bucks should have handled business there. The Bucks had four turnovers to Dallas's one. That can't happen on Sunday night if you want to win again. Because I, I don't know if – there's not many games where you're going to have four turnovers, the other team's going to have one, and you're going to win the game. There's just not many games like that in the NFL. So, uh, you know, obviously one of them was a Hail Mary, okay? That counts as a turnover. One of, right before the half, it was the Hail Mary. But then two critical fumbles, the Ronald Jones fumble, and if you remember the Chris Godwin fumble, where Chris Godwin was about to score, and he fumbled it right at the goal line, basically. Oh, that was towards the end of the game, too. That was yeah. crunch time. I mean, yeah, he that, scores that there. Would've, that would have clinched the game right there. Yeah, he scores there. We don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, and then uh, the, the one that went right through Leonard Fournette's hands, 
on, on a screen pass. So that's, that's sloppy and, and that can't happen on Sunday night. Um, you know, and then in terms of more sloppiness, the penalties, the penalties were an even bigger problem. Uh, Dallas had eight for 55 yards. Okay. Eight penalties a lot, but 55 yards, not that bad. Tampa had 11 for 106 yards. Again, if this is the same exact stats on Sunday night, I don't know if the Bucks are winning this football game because I don't know how many games you're going to be able to have three more turnovers and 50 more yards and penalties than the other team and still win the game. I just don't know if you're going to be able to do that. So they're going to have to clean it up. And Todd Bowles even spoke about that today. He said that, you know, last time they played, yeah, he had four turnovers and 11 penalties. So you cut the penalties in half and he cut the turnovers in half last year the bucks blow that team out like you know and and this year i'm not saying it's going to be a blow off for either side but you need to be able to to do better than that and no matter who's on the team uh no matter who it is uh, you need to do better and uh i expect they will uh, obviously you know tough to predict exactly what's going to happen but you expect that they're going to put an emphasis on you know taking care of the football and playing fundamental football not not sloppy football Before we go any further, let's take a look at the injury report, go over who's in and who's out for this week's game. Cornerback Zion McCollum did not practice at all this week, kind of nursing a hamstring injury, so that's going to be a question mark here to start off the season, so your rookie corner has been ruled out. The only player officially ruled out for Tampa Bay. Wide receiver Russell Gage, as you had uh, alluded to, has also been dealing with a hamstring injury, was limited all week at practice. He is listed as questionable. We can get into it here shortly as to why I think he ends up playing, but I think he is expected to play. Running back Gio Bernard with an ankle injury, limited participation all week, full participation today. He is expected to play. Levante yeah, if, David. If, if they don't, if they don't have an injury designation after today, they are uh, playing. Yeah, Levante David expected to play. Mike Evans will be out there. Had a couple of vet days off this week. Safety Mike Edwards dealing with an illness was limited participation, but full participation for Friday. He should be out there. Wide receiver Julio Jones, the new number six. That's right. Not injury related, had a rest day, did not participate on Wednesday. He was full participation the rest of the week. And speaking of Julio Jones, just really quickly, this will be his official debut in a Buccaneers uniform, seeing as he'll wear the number six now. A couple of Bucks legends wearing number six these past two years, huh? Julio Jones and, and Le'Veon oh, no, Bell no. in the span of a year. How about that? I'm yeah. excited to watch Julio. It, it, it's hard it has been so hard to not get myself to buy into the hype, but we have heard from just about everyone, including the man himself, that he hasn't felt this good about playing football in a couple of years. He said it is night and day compared to his time in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're going to see here in, in a little bit. We're going to see here in about, what, if, you know, 48 hours. Um, you know, we're we're going to see because, you know, you, you can say that, but it, it's different. Playing is different than practicing. You know, playing in a preseason game a few snaps is different than playing a full game. Uh, so, yeah, well, I'm I'm hopeful. Like, I, I hope he can, but, you know, he hasn't played a whole lot recently. He just – history history will tell you a 33-year-old wide receiver that hasn't played a ton recently and has had, like, soft tissue problems is likely to have those problems again. You just hope that it doesn't hinder most of his season, which I, I – you know, hopefully it won't. And he's healthy right now. Um, hopefully he could stay healthy for, for most of the season. Yeah, and I don't want to come out here on a limb and say that he's going to go get 150 yards and two, three touchdowns because that's not what's going to happen at the wide receiver four position. But I just want to see him play healthy. I know a lot of fans around the NFL want to see him play healthy. I know some Falcons fans are going to be watching this game just to see how he looks, right? Just to see how much gas he has left in the tank. Because, yeah, when you're a wide receiver or really any position for that matter in the NFL and you get over that 30 year old milestone, a lot of people start to look at you differently. And as far as Julio Jones, I mean, I said it myself. I'll eat crow two months ago. I didn't really want him on this team. You know what I mean? I wasn't clamoring for him. I wasn't calling his name to help out this wide receiver room. But the fact of the matter is he's here now and he's ready to contribute. And this is a guy who. If he's on, man, I mean, it's Julio Jones. You got to give him his flowers, you know? Yeah, and the talent's still there. Um, it's just the availability part of it and the explosiveness part of it. You know, he's not the same player, but that doesn't mean he's not a good player. So, and to have him as your potential wide receiver four, maybe maybe wide receiver three on Sunday night, uh, it's definitely a luxury for sure. 
Logan Ryan and Tristan Wirfs also round out the injury report. Both of those guys are expected to play. They should be fine. Let's talk about the elephant in the room here, and that is wide receiver Chris Godwin. The million-dollar question, is he going to play on Sunday night football? Fresh off an ACL tear in what, December? November? December. December. December 14th, I believe. So we are talking the course of nine to ten months. I think the average timetable on an ACL is a year, like a full it's calendar about, year. About nine, nine to twelve is the is, is the timetable. Nine at a minimum. Sean King said it last week. Apparently, Tampa Bay Buccaneers heal de- uh, heal differently because Chris Godwin has been practicing all week. He has been in a non-contact jersey, so he hasn't seen any like full speed action throughout training camp in the preseason. But the fact that he's out there at all, moving around, I mean, this guy was doing full sprints two months ago back in July. So safe to say he's ahead of schedule on the physical rehab part of things, but the million-dollar question becomes, does he play Sunday night? If he doesn't play, when is he available? And I will preface it with this. I thought Sean King had a pretty interesting take. You know, in the NFL, guys get hit. Uh, Availability is the best ability. But Sean had also alluded to, you know, if he's not ready week one, but he's ready week three, week four, he doesn't feel like there's a huge difference in waiting that long, considering the scale of an ACL injury, which takes upwards of a year to be fully healed. So it's kind of like a now or never thing, at least the way that he looks at it. But I I don't know. I, I mean, it's been a lot of. Obviously, there's been a lot of chirping about Chris Godwin's injury. A lot more good news than bad news. But let me ask you this question. Does he play against the Cowboys in week one? No. I I, I don't think he does. They, they, they've they talked a lot. He talked this week. Uh, and Todd Bowles sort of said the same thing about, you know, they want him here at the end of the season. Um, they want to ensure that he's there at the end of the season when the games get more important. You know, when, when you get into December football, and then start playing in January, like the games get more, each game gets more important. So uh, I, I don't think that they will risk it. Uh, I still think that maybe, maybe week maybe week two, but I still think week three might be that spot uh, with, if this team didn't have the wide receiver depth, uh, maybe. And, and Godwin talked about that the other day. He said he was asked about that. You know, if this team didn't have the depth that does, would you maybe feel, you know, more pressure to come back. And he said, yeah, like there, there would be like, it does sort of take like an ease knowing that like, Hey, if you're not hundred percent ready, like you don't need to be out there because they still have Mike Evans, Russell Gage, Julio Jones. Like they don't, they certainly need, need you in the long run, but they don't need you this week. And uh, I'm not saying that they don't need him to beat the Dallas Cowboys. It could certainly help. Uh, and there'll be a worse team, you know, if he can't play, they're worse. But I, I don't think one game is worth potentially risking, you know, his status for week 16, week 17 and in the playoffs, which obviously we saw last year was very critical. So I don't believe he plays. Uh, I think he's very close, but I, I just I don't think he plays. I want I want to agree. Like my gut has told me even way back, you know, when we were talking about the pot, when we were first talking about the possibility of him returning week one, because I think the belief among most people up until June, July, when he started to get involved in training camp is that this guy's going to miss the first few weeks of the season. And I think now everybody's perspective has flipped to this hopeful optimism, but we still have to kind of be realistic with ourselves here and, and say that like, listen, you know, Trotting him out week one against the Dallas Cowboys, it it probably won't be as pass heavy of a game as it was last year, but I still think there's going to be an opportunity for big plays and this uh, for this offense to really open things up against Dallas. But it's still a big ask, you know, and it's one of those things where if he does play this week, I am 110 per certain. Wow, that was rough. I am 110 percent certain that he'll be on a snap count. So you'll see him but it'll probably be in like a preseason capacity, you know, maybe roll them out there for, for certain looks on offense. But for the most part, I can't imagine the workload will be too intensive for him. Even in these, even in these games where he may or may not be feeling better two to three to four weeks from now, as he's starting to get acclimated again in this offense, because like you said, 
the most important thing to Tampa Bay isn't so much the uh, the, st- uh, the statistics he puts up this year. It's having him ready to go once you're playing football games in, in January and early February. Right, right. And that's that's the most important thing. And that has to be the priority. Um, the reason one of the big reasons this team didn't win the Super Bowl last year was health. So I think that has to be a priority. And I think it is for them. So you, you mentioned the thing about how you don't think it'll be as pass heavy. I agree. Last year's matchup, Dak Prescott threw the ball 58 times. The Cowboys had a total of 18 runs. Zeke Elliott ran the ball 11 times. But Tom Brady wasn't too far behind them with 50 pass attempts. And the Buccaneers ran the ball even less with 14. Leonard Fournette had nine carries. I would expect that to go up to around, you know, at least by 10. You know, at least in in the – it'll be in the 15 to to 20 range, you know, maybe like 22 or so. Like, they're going to try and put an emphasis on running the ball a bit more. Obviously, if the passing is working, like, they're still going to be – just because we talk about them wanting to run the football more, there's still going to be a pass first offense. Like that's not going to change. Um, but I, I do think they're going to run the, they're going to give the ball to Lenny a lot more than nine times on Sunday night. And I think the Cowboys are going to give the ball to Zeke a lot more than 11 times uh, on Sunday night. I just think both those teams know that like in order to have some success, they need to run the ball a little bit better. So uh, I, I do think it'll be, It'll still be pass heavy, but it won't be as pass heavy. And that's another reason why maybe Godwin Empion out there doesn't have to be, you know, and you're right. If he is out there, it's on a snap count. I would guess if he is out there, it's probably on some third downs. It's on some critical downs that they need him. You know, I would guess his snap count. Yeah. Like you said, it was kind of like a preseason, It'd be like 15 to 20 snaps, you know, and then he would be out. So if he does play, I would expect him to be on a snap count. Uh, but I, ultimately, I, I think they're going to make the more cautious decision because of the depth that they have. And, and I think that they're going to sit him out and see if they can get out of Dallas with a win. You mentioned Leonard Fournette briefly. Let's talk about the run game coming into this one. It, it's been an interesting topic of conversation. I haven't heard it too much, but I do feel like it bears talking about. Todd Bowles alluded to a couple of times over the offseason that I feel like the Bucks want to make an effort to actually get the run game make it a factor in their offense this year. You know, Leonard Fournette had his days where he took over games. I mean, look over at the uh, the Indianapolis Colts game from last year, four touchdowns for him on the day. I know he caught a few of those as well, but that's one of those days where the run game was what kept the Buccaneers offense rolling in that game against Indianapolis. Do you think they legitimately make an effort to get him a lot more involved? I know you just paid the guy, so it obviously makes sense. And I think another thing that they want to do is you want to avoid a 45-year-old Tom Brady from throwing the ball, you know, a couple hundred more times than every other quarterback by the end of the year, because I know he got it done. I know we talk a lot about 5,300 yards, 43 touchdowns in the regular season for Tom Brady, but they were still asking him to do a hell of a lot at 44 years old. Yeah, and I'm sure Brady would prefer to, to throw the ball less. So yeah, I do. Uh, I do think they emphasize the run a lot this year. They're not going to be. They're not going to become the Tennessee Titans or the Baltimore Ravens. But um, I do think they're going to emphasize that run. And uh, I, you know, I sort of answered the question with with Dallas. I think it's going to be relatively the same game plan every week. I think you're going to incorporate Leonard Fournette a bit more. You're going to incorporate Rashad White a bit more, Giovanni Bernard, maybe even Keyshawn Vaughn. Like, I think you're going to try and get the running backs, you know, involved a bit more, um, especially, you know, and guys like Keyshawn Vaughn, like, you know, guys that tend to, to struggle with passing, that's a way to give them the ball. It is running the football. Uh, because, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, from a pure just running standpoint, he hasn't been as bad. But when you ask him to catch out of the backfield because you're so pass heavy, that's when you can run into some trouble. So, like I said, still believe this offense is going – it's going to be a pass-first offense. They they have all these weapons. Um, and They're, they're still running the Arians offense. You going know? to be a pass first offense for sure. But, uh, you know, I'm not saying that, oh, man, yeah, they're, they're just going to run it. No, like they're going to throw the ball a lot. It just they're just going to run it a bit more than they did last year. That's all. May or may not be on first down. Uh, I may know. <laughs> or may not. People's minds, heads will explode. <laughs> oh, man. Before we talk about the other side of the football, I would be remiss if we didn't mention the quarterback. I feel like this... It isn't a topic we need to dive too deep into, um, but given the personal problems that we have heard so publicly about with quarterback Tom Brady, 
Uh, he more than anyone else should be ready to just get this game started and and really go out there and not only put up a win, but I feel like if the Buccaneers can win this week, it goes a long way in preventing people from talking about uh, Tom Brady's personal life for the rest of the year. Because as we know, once real football gets started, it's hard to talk about much else. Yeah, yeah. There's um the yeah. Once once that actually happens, it's it's easier to just focus on that rather than anything else, and that may or may not be happening. You know, you're reading a lot of tabloids and stuff. You know, tabloids typically, you know, the history shows you that tabloids aren't correct, right? So we don't know, and and you know what? Probably never know. Honestly, you know, no, I mean, you're never going to know the 110 percent truth. That's how it is with stories like this. But I think for Tom and the boys, it's just another year of blocking out the noise. Right. Yeah. They And they and I'm sure in that locker room, they don't care. Like, I'm sure, you know, and I'm sure when Brady steps in that locker room, he doesn't, you know, he yeah, he can't. You know, you can't be thinking about whatever's going on. If the, if there's anything going on, you can't be thinking about that. That's just not with him. That's with any player. So, um, yeah, you got to put everything aside. You have a job to do, and your job is to go out there and, and, and win football games. So you ha- you have to go out there and do it. So there's no excuses. You know, I mean, once you know they drop this game, you can't say, well, you know, his his personal stuff. Yeah, who cares? You know, at that point, it's a loss. Like, who cares about your personal stuff? Dallas isn't gonna say, you know what, he's got some personal stuff let's just let him throw <laughs> yeah, a touchdown let's take it know? easy like, on him this week yeah let's like, give him no, this one like 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 they're not they're not doing that that they want to go out there and win the football game so that's what you got to go out there and try and do so yeah nobody's gonna feel bad for anybody on this team uh whether the injuries or all the distractions or anything nobody's gonna feel bad for anybody on this team they're gonna have to go out there and they're gonna have to win games because they're expected to that is the expectation now that is the the standard that's been set and that's what they have to keep up Let's talk about the other side of the football. Our buddy Willie Beeman had alluded to it in chat, but when you look at the roster for the Dallas Cowboys and you take a closer look at that offensive line, it has not been super friendly to them these last couple of months. Uh, they just lost Tyron Smith for a good chunk of the year. He goes down with injury. They just signed a 40-year-old offensive tackle and Marcus Peters, which will actually be the first Jason time. Peters. Jason Peters, excuse me. It'll actually be the first time in NFL history we have had two 40-year-old players, 40-plus-year-old players playing against each other. But, make I mean, really, Jason Peters, his skill set is nothing to sneeze at because even at 40 years old, he's still a pretty damn good option for a tackle. Yeah. 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 I I mean, he's, he's a starting tackle in the NFL, which is hard enough to do because there's only 32 of those guys. And the fact that he's still pulling it off at 40 is something, but... You had said on the season predictions show that you think the Buccaneers defense is probably going to get a head start over the offense this time of year. What are your expectations for them coming into this week, especially playing a busted up offensive line for Dallas? Yeah, I mean, um, Dallas offensive line, not just the injury to, to Tyron Smith, um, but you know they, they lost Lyle Collins in free agency. Uh, they lost Connor Williams in free agency. So those are two big pieces. Connor Williams wasn't really that good, but Lyle Collins was, was a legit good player. And um, surprised they really let him walk. But yeah, there's that's big pieces right there. That's three starters that that they're trying to replace. And now you know they're trying to replace one with a rookie, Tyler Smith, who was a reach at the time first round pick. So they signed Jason Peters off the street. And now he has to maybe go out and play. I don't know if he'll play the whole game or not, but um, it's definitely up to the Bucks defense. I think to be able to exploit this, this is, you know, Shaq Barrett, Joe Tronshawinka, Akeem Hicks, Vita Vea. This offense, this Cowboys offensive line isn't terrible because they still have talent. However, there's a clear weakness there. And, there, it wasn't there last season. You got we had one sack on Dak Prescott last season. Need to have more net this season because uh, with that offensive line, yeah, you need to be able to exploit a weakness. And, and right there is a clear, clear weakness. Uh, the, the Cowboys. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the Cowboys they change when Tyron Smith is not in the lineup. Um, it is like drastic difference. Uh, because their offense just for some reason, and maybe it's a lot, some of it's coincidence, uh, but I think some of it's just how good of a player he is, but he hasn't been available. And their record when they're 
without him just isn't that good. Their offensive efficiency isn't that good. And it just, it really goes down a lot when they don't have him. So that's a big loss for them. Even if you were able to replace him with probably the best tackle that's on the street right now, like your best case scenario, you know, Jason Peters, um, it's still not the same level. So the Bucks are going to have to exploit that. And uh, I think the secondary is going to have to going to have to be good. They, they had trouble containing the Cowboys wide receivers last season. Amari Cooper, like I said, is no longer there. It makes it a bit easier. Now CD lambs, the number one option, even CD lamb last year had seven receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown. So you're going to have to be able to, to figure out a way to contain him. Michael Gallup for this game is out. So that means it is C.D. Lamb and a bunch of inexperienced receivers that Dak Prescott's going to be throwing to. The secondary can't be torched. And part of that is has to do with the defensive line getting there, you know, specifically getting there with four. That's a big point of emphasis, you know. Um, Dak Prescott's a good quarterback against the Blitz, and um, he burned the, the Bucks a few times last year against the Blitz. So getting there with four is important, and I think that secondary is going to have to play well. A guy that uh, Dak Prescott wasn't able to get away from last season was Shaq Barrett. And I wanted to talk about this pass rush in particular. One of the pieces on the offensive line that they are going to be going up against. It's important to note that uh, Tyron Smith going to be missing a chunk of the season over there at the left tackle position. Stepping up for him is Tyler Smith, who is a rookie. This is his first NFL start. And he's basically going to be looking at Joe Tryon and yeah, that's, Shaq that's Barrett. Likely to be, that's likely to be Peters, though, because they're just, he wasn't even healthy. Like, Tyler Smith, like, there were some questions about his health. Um, so that's another reason why they signed Peters. So if Peters plays, I would expect him to be a left tackle. Okay. Well, but I, mean, but I mean, also, but Tyler Smith was supposed to maybe be a starting guard for them. So that takes right. away another spot of their offensive line where they have to put a reserve in there. So, like, you know, that stuff matters. Like, when you're interchanging those, like, especially on the fly, the Bucks, yeah, like they've had some issues, you know, an issue with, with an injury in the offensive line you know, earlier this training camp. But the only good thing about Ryan Jensen's injury, it happened on the second day of training camp. Robert Hainsey has been able to basically go the entire training camp knowing and preparing as if he's the starting center. Six weeks now. And now the Cowboys are going to have to go sort of on the fly and sort of rework their offensive line within a span of two weeks. So there is is a definite advantage that the Buccaneers have, particularly on the defensive line, and they're going to have to be able to take advantage of it. Because if they don't, who knows how long of a day it could be for the defense. Because if you give Dak Prescott time, it could be a long day. Yeah, Dak Prescott's a talented quarterback, and is he going to get the ball out quickly? Yeah, as quick as he can, as long as he can find one of those pass catchers open down the field. But on the defensive side of the ball, the line of scrimmage is where all these fireworks are going to be, in my opinion. We we talked about the missing pieces on the offensive line for Dallas, and of course, Jason Peters filling in last minute that left tackle position, kind of moving some guys around. The inexperience factor, also something to keep track of there, but... I mean, the pass rushers to Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks in the middle. I wanted to highlight that as well. Dallas center, Tyler, last name starts with a B. I cannot remember how to pronounce it. Spidez, I think. He was terrible last year in their game against the Cowboys. I mean, he was the worst lineman. He he got bull rushed by Vita Vea. He was the worst lineman Dallas had, and he is going to have his hands full yet again because Vita Vea already took his lunch money once. Now he's got damn near 300 pound Akeem Hicks ready to do it, too. I think this defensive line is going to make or break what Dallas is able to do on offense throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do agree. And a lot of people are talking about the Buccaneers offensive line and, and, and nobody's talking about Dallas's offensive line. It's like Dallas doesn't have offensive line issues of their own. Um, it's kind of confusing to me. Uh a lot of people claim even, you know, Sean King last week as we get another two dollar super chat from Mr. Bucks. Let's go. Fireworks. Hey, let me, you know what? I know you don't like giving him recognition. I know you're not the biggest fan of the guy, but hey, hey, let's clap it up for the boy. Huh? First couple of super chats of the 2022 season, courtesy of our good buddy James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation. Pleasure to have you chipping in. Thank you for donating to the Wendy's Fund. Yeah, thank you. Um. So, you know, the Bucks. I even disagree with Sean King last week or earlier this week when he said, like, you know, oh, he, he made the joke about me being gone and said, like the Buccaneers offensive line, you know, Evans, like, unavailable. The Bucks offensive line has one injury. 
the Bucks' starting offensive line has one injury, and that's Ryan Jensen. It's an important one for sure. The center is the only other player in the in the game that's going to touch the ball every play besides the quarterback. But it's before important... before Go Jensen ahead. was hurt, this is exactly like what we thought yeah, it was this, going this to look like. Off, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, you can sub Hainsy for Jensen. We still knew it was going to be a guy who had to fight for that left guard spot. And we knew that when they signed veteran Shaq Mason, who isn't getting enough credit, I'm going to keep saying that, we knew he was going to be stud there at the right guard spot. So, yeah, aside from the change at center, this is the offensive line we were prepared to roll out for Tom Brady in his 23rd year, minus our uh, our center, who we just signed to a couple years deal. Yeah, so I don't understand why everybody's like, oh, their their entire offensive line's hurt. Yeah, like, how, how are they going to protect you know, their whole Well, because nobody hurt. knows like, who Luke Gedeke is. And nobody yeah. knows who Robert Haynesy is, unfortunately. And that's just well, how it's going to every, be. Well, every, everybody looks at Aaron Stinney going down with an ACL. And they're like, oh, my God, he was supposed to be. He was a starting left guard. Oh, but they just lost their starting center and starting left guard. Oh, my God. And then and then they look at Haynesy leaving practice or getting hurt in a game. Oh, my God, he's their starting center. And I look at their, their third string center. Relax. Okay, like like you said, and Greg Allman pointed out earlier today, I've been thinking it for a while, and thank you, Greg Allman, for doing the Lord's work because um, he he pointed out, I was like, thank you, that like the, the Bucks off starting offensive line has one injury. That is it. Like other, if you felt good about the offensive line in June, can you feel as good about it now? No, because Ryan Jensen isn't there, and he's a top three center, maybe the best center in football. You can't feel as good about it, sure. Right. Naturally, he just can't. It's going to be a worse unit because Ryan Jensen's that good. But it, it, it can't go from, oh, yeah, this offensive line is really good. to oh, this is this is going to wreck the season. Yeah. They don't have an offensive line. Like, stop. Like, it feels this, team, this a, team's it's cooked. A, it's a cop out. This team's cooked. They're only one in seven games this year. What's up with all these people thinking they won't even make the playoffs? What the hell? I don't know. Where, where um, did that even come from? Like, I don't know, it's just, man. It's just the, the the thing about when you're analyzing this game and you're saying, oh, well, the Bucks have offensive line issues. Like That's a cop-out. That is a complete cop-out. So do better. Um, but, you know, there there is some – there's questions. But, like, to think, like, oh, they have the Bucks offensive line is just in shambles. No. Like, and why are we not talking about Dallas's? Like, the Dallas lost their starting tackle to free agency, their starting guard to free agency, and they just lost their starting left tackle to an injury. They still like, have Zach Martin. Why are we Martin? not talking about that? They, sti- they still, still have Zach Martin. Zach you know Martin, what I mean? who, and, and... who didn't play last year's game. He did right. not play in Tampa. He, I think he tested positive for COVID. And he didn't play. Um, but still, that's three spots. Like, And I know Dallas had a full offseason to try and replace Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. But left tackle is one of the most important positions in football, and their starting one just went down. So they just had to sign a 40-year-old off the street to, to try and help. So why are we not discussing Dallas's concerns along the offensive line, but you're hammering Tampa's? It just it doesn't make much sense to me. Well, I mean, we've alluded to this in the past, but the Bucks are dominating the news cycle, you know, and it's it's easy to to overthink everything about this team before the season starts. I mean, we are only one Thursday night football game into the season, and I am already seeing those week one overreactions, you know, like, oh, well. I've seen a couple people say that the Bucks should beat the Rams by 20 or 30 when they play later this year. And unfortunately, it's just not going to happen that way. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, like it's, it's just not it's just not going to happen that way. R- but, remind, reminder to everybody who's going to write the Rams off. Yeah, they look like crap last night. But reminder that the one seed Packers last year lost 38 to three to the Saints in week one. Just, just a reminder. It, yeah, it the, the back to back MVP Aaron Rodgers yeah. still had that game and he still the, the ended Bucks, up winning MVP. The, the Bucks won the Super Bowl and lost 38 to three to the Saints. Like it happens. Yeah. Matt Stafford, by the way, I mean, he was notorious for those games. Even in Detroit, he'd go out oh, there and there'd be sold. He sold on you fantasy wise. Oh, You're playing dude. He sold on you. Dude, I okay, so I was I was feeling great, by the way. I, I got I got Gabe more teams Davis than I want to keep track of this year. But Gabe Davis put up some points for me early. That was cool. First touchdown of the year was Gabe Davis. I'm a Gabe Davis truther. Um, Cooper cup got like close to 30 points. So I was okay with that. I would have liked to see a little more offense from the Rams, but yeah, Stafford played like shit <laughs> in our matchup. You had Stafford and Davis and yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stafford looked whew. terrible. I didn't even check my lineups today. Cause I know I had a couple of other players sprinkled in there, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this year shakes out. But yes, well, the Rams, I think, I think you had Allen Robinson who like is a ghost. Oh, yeah. I know that. 
I know for a fact I had Allen Robinson. Don't worry about that. I sure, I sure as hell thought that was a steal when I drafted him. Damn it! I it literally it was the second quarter, and I'm like, dude, he hasn't even been targeted yet. I'm like, they haven't even <laughs> thrown his way. Like, what is going on with this guy? Um, so yeah, they're like, he finally gets to play with a good quarterback, and the good quarterback just refuses to throw him the ball. Um, yeah. So real quick, uh, before we wrap things up, just a few stats here, a few record stats, Todd Bowles opening first game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach. Uh, A lot of people sort of, you know, forget that. Honestly, this is his first game as the Buccaneers head coach. He's two and two in season openers as a head coach. So with the head coach with the Jets, he was two and two. Uh, Brady is now six and oh versus Dallas still. However, the unfortunate stat, the Bucks in Dallas are 1-12. and 12. They, Wow. They have won one game. <laughs> wow. They have won one game in Dallas. Uh, and that was in, I think it's this is from my colleague James Yarko over at BucksNation.com. He's a, a little review up right now. Um, he, they have one win, and it was in September of 2001. Yeah, so that that is their 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 only win in Dallas. They just they cannot win in Dallas. So hopefully, you know, but they all have, haven't always had Tom Brady. So hopefully that kind of balances things out. Well, for the people that are superstitious, <coughs> myself, um, uniform combo also plays a role here. So the Bucks announced <laughs> that they are good. They haven't dropped the official schedule. Really, uh, the schedule. Uh, I'm sorry, the uniform schedule. They haven't dropped that yet. And everybody's going crazy because, <laughs> you know, if you're not announcing every single uniform combo, people are holding out hope that we'll still see the cream sickle at some point this year. Uh, it's not. It's Bucks not. have been adamant that they are not going to wear it. But let me tell you, dude, I will lose my goddamn mind if like week six we get a notification on our phones that says, hey, uh, week 10, we're going to be wearing the cream sickle. Go check that out. You week know what I mean? Like week 10 in Germany, baby. Cream sickle. Oh, God, that'd be insane. <laughs> I don't think that's the game that they roll it out. But if they decide to play cannot, us like that, like, it can't happen. I'm holding out hope. I don't it's think it happens, game. but I'm I'm holding out hope. Uh, uh, but they are wearing red and white, red jersey, white pants, and they are undefeated in that color combo. Yeah, there are two Tom, games last year was um, the Bills and the Giants, New York, New York and Buffalo. Yeah. So both games were at home is the first road game. It's going to be a little weird seeing them wear red and white on the road. Um, I actually yeah. wanted them because New, sometimes New Orleans, and we'll get back to the actual game right here soon, but sometimes New Orleans will wear white early in the season uh, at home. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, wear like red and pewter week one. But I was like, don't wear red and pewter week two because you can't win against the Saints in any combination. I was like, the only combination you haven't but gotten beaten is red and white because you haven't worn it. I was like, so wear it then. So like, maybe we'll see red and white two weeks in a row. How about that? I don't think we will. If I had to I guess, really. if I had to guess, I think it's either going to be red and pewter or it's going to be white and pewter. I, they're not going to go white on white. Probably, it'll probably be white and pewter. I think it'll be white and pewter. They seem to like that color combo at home, especially well, this time of year. Well, it's all the games. Uh, it's the, world, the games on the road. What is wrong yeah. with me? But but like white and pewter, like they beat New Orleans in New Orleans with that. They won the Super Bowl wearing white and pewter, you know, whatever. That's, you know. But anyways, back to the actual game. Uh, yeah, those are those are your important stats, really. Um, Mike Evans last year versus the Cowboys. He's going to have to do better this year if they want to win. Uh, he had three catches and 24 yards. That's going to have to go up. Uh, even especially if Chris Godwin is not available. Uh, if Chris Godwin is not available, that is going to have to go up for sure. So he's going to have to get more targets, more looks. So uh, Dallas did a pretty good job of bracketing coverage over to him. And hopefully they're, the Bucks can find a way to, to get in the football on this one. Let's go and wrap things up. It is the return of our weekly checklist. So basically what we do is we put together a list of at least three things the Bucks are going to have to do if they want to come out of Dallas victorious. And uh, you just talked about the wide receiver position. I wanted to give my two cents here. Not only does Mike Evans have to, step, uh, have to step up this week, but I know he's been floating around on the injury report. But I think to get a lot of people excited about what he can bring to the table, Russell Gage is going to have to get involved at some point. And this is the week for him and Brady to kind of figure it out during a game situation. Because I know we had talked about them running the ball, maybe bringing a little bit more of a balanced approach to this offense. 
I, I still think Brady's going to throw for over 250, maybe over 300 yards this week. This is me calling my shot. He catches the first touchdown of the season. I just, okay. I just have a feeling. Man, I like I it. That's bold. Um, bold. I'm bold predictions. I'm all about the bold takes today, huh? Um, but anyways, yeah, the first checklist of the year. Number one, I mean, all of them are pretty obvious, but protect the quarterback. Um, I talked about how, yeah, the, the Bucks offensive line only has one injury. That doesn't mean that there still is an inexperience there with Robert Hainsey and Lou Gedeke. I think people, you know, don't realize how good Ali Marpet just was and uh, losing him is going to hurt. Like I said, Shaq Mason, Alex Kappa, it's kind of a wash. I think Shaq Mason's actually better than Alex Kappa a little bit, um, but you know, Ryan Jensen and Robert Hainsey, there's certainly a drop off there. So protect the quarterback. Dallas does have two really good edge rushers in Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. And I've said example, the Rams last night, that Rams offense couldn't do nothing. And their offensive line was getting dominated. Stafford and, sacked and seven times. Buffalo didn't even blitz one time. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> it was blitz once. at all. It was, it was once. Yeah. It was a 2% blitz. Um, but uh, yeah. So protect the quarterback that, that it doesn't matter how much offensive weaponry you have. If you can't get the ball out. So protect the quarterback number two. And we already talked about it. Uh, exploit Dallas's injuries, uh, exploit the injuries uh, on the offensive line exploit their uh, lack of a number two wide receiver with Michael Gallup and uh, you know just exploit everything that you can. So the Cowboys are going to try to do the same thing. They're going to be trying to exploit the Bucks offensive line and maybe the loss of Chris Godwin. Uh, but you, as an offense, as a defense, you're going to have to try and find those mismatches with the Dallas injuries that they have. Uh, three, win the turnover battle which you didn't do last year, yet you still won the game. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that this year and still win the game. So I think win the turnover battle and you're going to be, if you do all these three of these things, you're going to be well on your way to win the game. And this isn't really a fourth one, just kind of like a bonus. I am terrified of Cavante Turpin, like terrified because the, the Bucks special teams have not been special. And he really shined. And I know it's preseason, but like he's got a talent for it. If you do it twice in one game, you got a talent for it. Oh, yeah. You do no a doubt. Kick, a kickoff and a part return, you clearly have a talent for it. So I, I hope the game plan on kickoffs is to be able to kick it out of the end zone every time. Bradley Pinney was really good at that. He's not there anymore. So I would assume you know, Jake Camardo would be the guy on kickoffs because Ryan Sucker Boy doesn't have that type of leg. Um, and then obviously Jake Camardo on punts. So you got to find a way to either, you know, punt away from that guy or if you do punt to him or kick to him make sure your coverage is good because that could be a game wrecker and Todd Bowles even talked about that um, later earlier this week that that could be a game wrecker so keep an eye on him and uh, I am very very concerned about him I know you're not the only one Uh, this buck special teams unit has obviously been under scrutiny these past couple of years even before Brady got here you know Bruce Arians in 2019 people were talking about how bad the special teams unit was or people wanted us to talk about how bad the special teams unit was and uh, it hasn't been a trend that has gotten any better but luckily you have a team on both sides of the ball that can definitely make up for that I don't have anything to add to the weekly checklist but I did want to re-emphasize protecting Tom Brady not only the turnover battle but giving Tom enough time to get the ball out of his hands He's one of the best in the league at doing it quickly, but Luke Gedeke in particular at that left guard spot, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a rough first few weeks for left, uh, for, for that's, Luke Gedeke. That's a gauntlet. That's a gauntlet. <laughs> I, I mean, it is, it is trial by fire in the purest form, and it helps that he's got a couple of all pros playing next to him. Donovan Smith, not quite all pro, but solid, has definitely redeemed himself these last three seasons. Tristan Wirfs one of the best right tackles in the league, holding it down. You've got uh, former pro bowler Shaq Mason at right guard. And then, of course, Robert Hainsey, the inexperience at center, comes into fact uh, comes in to be a factor there. But I still think Gedeke is going to get more of that heat because he's not snapping the football. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some pretty tough interior linemen he's going to be squaring off against to start the season. But really quickly, while we are on the weekly checklist, our buddy J.C. Allen from Pewter Report, let's give him a shout out here in the live chat. Drops his keys to the game as well. He says, protect Brady, utilize the quick passing game. Don't get stupid penalties and turn the ball over. Attack Dak Prescott early and often. Per usual, stop the run. And I like this one, tackle. 
Tackle, That's tackle, tackle. Man, tackle was shitty. Tackling was awful this preseason. I mean, it was it was to, bad. To be fair, the good thing, the starting defense was barely out there. So. Yeah, and when they were, when they were out there against Indy, those two series they had, they looked good. But yeah, tackle, tackle, tackle. I feel like it takes some guys till week six, seven, and eight to really like figure out how to tackle efficiently. Yeah. It could. <laughs> and in the past for Bucks teams, it has been an issue. So for sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Can of Fire podcast. Before we get out of here, I know we did the season prediction show last week, and I think both of our picks are definitely still the same. But if you had to drop a score prediction, Evan, how do you think this one shakes out on Sunday Night Football? Yeah, I think it's a close game. I think it's a lower scoring game. Uh, I have the Bucks winning 24 to 21. I just think, like we talked about earlier, the Bucks are the better team on paper. I think they have the better quarterback. Uh, I think they have the more healthier team, believe it or not, than Dallas. And I think that, at the end of the day, is going to prevail. So another close game versus Dallas, but I think it's a win. I like three touchdowns and a pair of field goals to put Tampa Bay on top of this one. 27-21 is my final score, but... Um... Yeah, got the Bucks coming out on top. JC chimes in and says 27-20. I assume he means the Bucks. I I think he he means the Bucks. So, um, shocker, you know, think- <laughs> shocker, you're st- <laughs> he's taking Dallas. <laughs> no, he's not. I'm pretty sure he's picking the Bucks as well. Shout out once again to our guys over at Pewter Report. Everybody getting geared up for a great year of content. Should be a good one, man. I'm I'm I feel like a kid on Christmas. You know what I mean? Like we are just a couple of short days away from the start of the Buccaneers off uh the Buccaneers 2022 season. And it's always exciting. It's always an exciting time of year, but it doesn't hit you differently until you see them roll out of the tunnel, right? Until you see them on the field, warming up, everybody's ready to go. Like that's when you know it's for real. We are just a couple of short days away from that. Another score prediction here in the chat. Our buddy Mark says, I think the Bucks take down the boys 38 to 17. Edwin Hernandez says 31 to 24 bucks. I haven't seen many other score predictions, but drop them as we start to wrap things up. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out this week's game preview edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. We are really looking forward to Sunday night's game against the Dallas Cowboys on prime time. I cannot build this thing up enough. Should be a lot of fireworks, and I'm excited to watch it. Richard T says it's okay if the Buccaneers lose because that's just evidence Brady wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, hey, if our predictions are wrong, I know it is a tough stretch to start the season. So the Bucs will probably be starting from behind if they fall 0-1. But Tom Brady has won a Super Bowl every single season. He has started 0-1. Every single year, he's he's lost the first game. Um, We are also in the year that Tom Brady typically wins the Super Bowl. I mean, it has been a... Here's the thing. He has won a Super Bowl every other year for the past, I I don't know, what, eight years at this point? Well, I'm just saying the Bucs won in 2002. They won in 2020, and now we're in 2022. So the Bucks only win when the two numbers are two and zero. So just saying. Thanks for checking out the most superstitious Bucks podcast <laughs> there is this week. We're giving you all sorts of that stuff. We we will be live after the game uh, for the post game review show. So we will be doing the entire show after the game. It'll be late. Come hang out with us, uh, so we don't fall asleep. Hopefully, you're hopefully celebrating a win. But either way, win, lose or draw um, will be on no matter what. So check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. All of those are Canon Fire podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news, as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. The number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. What have you got this week for uh, previewing the Dallas game? Uh, as far as previewing it, I uh, don't have a whole lot. Uh, guys at Bucks Nation have have that covered. We got a lot of great things coming out, but um, you know, as far as after the game, might have something something special. So uh, be on the lookout for that probably on on Monday at some point. Our buddy Joel in chat says thirty one twenty one bucks. More people picking Tampa Bay, bigger margin in that one. He thinks the Bucks get over thirty points. That'll be interesting to see as well. I'm not sure what the over-under is on the game this week. I believe it's 51 and a half. I, think. I like the under. I like yeah, I like yeah, the I under. Uh, the I mean, Bucks, I, st- I still think Bucks are minus two and a half, I think. Okay. All right. So. 
Perfect time to remind you guys once again that this week's podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go check them out. You can use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, when you sign up. Get 50% bonus on your first deposit. So if you bet 100 bucks, you'll get an extra $50 on top of it, courtesy of us and our friends at the Believe Podcast Network. Last but not least, you can find myself on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Week one of the NFL season is here. We will talk to you guys Sunday night after the game right here, youtube.com forward slash Fire podcast. And of course, it'll be available on all of our podcast outlets shortly thereafter. But thanks once again for hanging out with us this week. Excited for Bucks football to be back and excited to keep you guys posted every step of the way. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you Sunday night after the game. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.